You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Welcome to the 1865 Match Report. And we are reporting on another defeat for Forest tonight. A 2-1 home defeat to Blackburn Rovers. The third defeat in a row for Forest at the start of this championship season. And again, it's a 2-1 scoreline and a frustrating result for Chris Hewton's team. Forrest, after a, a quiet first half for both teams, Forrest fell behind early in the second half. In fact, it was only 80 seconds in. Daniel Ayala with a, a diving header in from Harry Pickering's free kick. And Forrest were a goal down and uh, a familiar position that they found themselves in this season. Uh, 69 minutes, so Philip Zinkenagel, who was, I would say, one of the brighter Forest players on the night, he equalised with a left-footed drive from just outside the area that uh, that beat Kaminsky uh, going in just off the, the inside of the post and felt like maybe Forest could build a bit of momentum off the back of that goal and who knows, maybe even go on and score another, but they couldn't couldn't gain a real foothold in the game still. And almost the inevitable happened after that. Blackburn, after some pressure and a free kick coming into the box, scored the winning goal with four minutes left on the clock. Daryl Lenehan nodding home after Forrest again failed to deal with a set piece. This time it was Bruce Samba coming out, missing the ball. It goes to the back post, back in. Jordan Gabriel did well to clear it off the line initially but Lenehan was there to put the ball in the net on the rebound. And the Forest players, static as that ball was flying around the area and the game's lost. And to add insult to injury, Jordan Gabriel sent off an injury time for a second bookable offence. But the key takeaway from this game, I think for me, was one, the result, but two, the fact that the fans in the city ground turned. And 
you, you heard a negative atmosphere and a turning on Chris Hewton and, and his methods tonight. There were there were boos, there were chants of you don't know what you're doing, chants for Jao Carvalho and even Sabri Lamushi in pockets. So another disappointing night for Forrest and a real uh, a real forgettable start to the season again, much like last year. So we're joined now by Ryan Hildred from Rovers Chat's YouTube channel and website. Ryan, you're obviously going to be much happier than me this evening, but first of all, thank you for coming on and joining us. No, thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, obviously very happy with, uh, with the win away from home. Yeah, definitely. And you were in the away end tonight as well. So you managed to see it all happen up close and the two goals as well as they went in. Yeah, it's always a bonus, isn't it, when the goals are at the uh, the end where you are. So, um, yeah, perfect result in that sense as well. <laughs> yeah, so what was your take on the result then and the, and the game itself? I'm conscious from the Forest point of view, we're, we're obviously looking at the defeat and the the quality or lack of in the performance. But your your thoughts on the result and the, and the performances of both teams? Yeah, um, well, if I start with Rovers, um, before this season started, you know, I was quite um, pessimistic about the outlook for the season just because we haven't got, you know, too much squad depth this season. We've obviously lost Adam Armstrong, who is a big source of goals, and, and Harvey Elliott, who was the top assister. So we're quite thin in terms of the squad, got lots of young lads who, you know, you're just hoping can stand up and be counted. And do you know what? You know, we was at Millwall on Saturday, their first home game of the season. Forest tonight, obviously, with the pressure on Hewton and the good crowd that you always have. And my take home is that Rovers stood up and were counted. You know, lots of grit, lots of determination, led by the two goal scorers. You know, Ayala and Lenihan as a centre-back pairing just looked unbeatable tonight at times. You know, just really led from the back. And then you've got other young lads contributing. You know, Lewis Travis, you know, Tyrese Dolan as a false nine lead in the line. Sam Gallagher winning everything in the air. You know, it's a real performance of grit and determination. Um, from a Forest perspective, you know, I said to you just before we came on this, we previewed the game and spoke to a Forest fan and I was really quite surprised at, you know, the negativity towards Hewton, um, particularly with his record, you know, in his second season with clubs where he has that season bedding in and then gets teams promoted. I thought the Forest fans would obviously be ready for a kind of playoff push this season, but obviously I could just see it was a side that, you know, weren't playing, they didn't have the same grit as Rovers did, bit disjointed. The fans, obviously, it's the quietest I've been at the city ground, I must say, in the away end, and I've been a few times, the quietest I've heard it. And obviously, I think the thing that really showed it was when Alex Mighton got subbed, which I agree with the Forest fans, by the way. I don't know why he did get subbed. Uh, obviously, the chance of you don't know what you're doing, like you heard, so just... A real shame to see Forrest in that way because I I do have the utmost respect for Forrest as a team. And that's a good point there that you make the the the, the negative atmosphere and, and that booing. I think it, it certainly caught me caught me by surprise. I know there's been um, quite a few fans certainly on social media who have shown their their sort of dislike for the style of play or Hutton's substitutions but I, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of reaction that we got tonight with the with the thousands booing and obviously the chants that were going on as well but um, while we're, we are focusing on sort of the, 
the poor performance from Forrest. You, you talked there about Blackburn uh, almost grinding out the result. And I think it was two teams who were very evenly matched. Uh, probably didn't do a great deal either of them during the game, apart from occasional chances. But I think you you guys just took advantage of poor defending from Forrest. You got the, got the ball in the net and took all three points. One thing I want to touch on, though, that high press, that seemed to really, especially in the first half, get you on top of the game. And it, it also stopped Forrest from playing. They also had to keep turning back and, and trying to find another way through. And they just couldn't do that. Yeah, we're a strange side in that sense because Tony Mowbray is a manager that loves possession of the football. And last season in particular, you know, we were going away from home and having 60, 70% possession. And teams quickly worked out that if you let Rovers have the ball, uh, we're the ones that find it hard to, uh, uh, to obviously break teams down. This season seems to have gone a little bit different. And we started the home game against Swansea where we let them have the ball. And we had players like John Buckley and Tyrese Dolan really pressing from the front. And as you say, we saw it again tonight. And we do tend to get our better results when we have the lower possession. And I I think it was 35% or something that tonight for Rovers. So another performance where, as you say, we've we've pressed, we've dug in, we've ground it out and without necessarily having control of the football. So it's a real quandary for Mowbray because, as I say, he is a manager that, that loves possession. (laughs) <laughs> it's like he stumbled across a winning formula that that's perhaps right. he's never never used before in his career. It's yeah, that and that's it with Mowbray. You always just expect a good footballing team to turn up, but I was actually quite impressed with the way that you pressed and and you made life difficult for Forrest. As much as you can yeah. point to Forrest not creating enough or not moving the ball well enough, not running, the opposition still don't give you that opportunity sometimes. And I thought Blackburn were were very good at that tonight. So. Um, coming back to, to Forest then and, and the Forest performance as a whole, what did you, from the away end, what did you think about the way Forest set up? Was there anything that, anything that particularly worked or didn't work from your from your point of view? Um, well, Zinkenagel and um, and Mighton were the two who looked like they were going to cause us problems. So the reason I was surprised Mighton got took off is Hayden Carter at right back was actually filling in at right back for us tonight because Ryan Nyambe got the injury. So I was quite surprised that Hewton didn't keep him on the pitch longer because I actually thought Mighton, whenever he got the ball, looked like he was going to drive, looked like he was trying to make things happen and was quite direct down that left-hand side. So uh, he impressed me uh, and obviously he scored last season against us as well. But Zinkenagel for me was the one who I just thought it was such an intelligent performance you know I put in our group chat that we've got at Rovers chat in the contributors chat that Zinkenagel just seemed to be dropping into these different pockets he was out on the right but he was dropping in centrally he was dropping in on the left and really getting in the spaces in and around our midfield and uh, he had a couple of shots in the first half and I, I just wasn't surprised that he was the one that got the equaliser because you know it, it capped off a good performance for him Apart from that, obviously, it felt like a performance that was flat for Forrest. Um, it felt like a performance where you had a makeshift back four. So um, I think you've, you've said it at the start. It was a side that were both evenly matched. It was a nothing game, really, in, in many respects. There wasn't too many chances. You know, Samba's made a good save in the first half, and you've had a couple of good chances in the first half as well. But really, if you look at the game as a whole, probably four or five good chances between us, really. So I think Rovers just wanted it more and dug in more and, and ground it out more. And we've obviously caught Forrest at a good time in that regard. 
Yeah, and Forrest no, um, have normally, certainly under Houston, been pretty solid defensively. Um, but I think tonight you saw the effects of a makeshift back four. Mm. Um, Jordi Osai-Tutu in the first half went off injured. Uh, and I think that had the effect, one, of bringing in a young and in- inexperienced right back in, in Finn Back, who I think performed pretty well in the circumstances, but added to a makeshift back four. Osai-Tutu is a right back playing left back anyway. And then Jordan Gabriel is a right back who then had to go and play left back when Ossi Tutu went off. So no Joe Worrell either in the side. Loikambe So has been out as well for a couple of games. So we are bare bones defensively. And that might have explained some of the, the shakiness in that Forest performance at the back. I think also with the, the substitutions, it also almost prevented Hewton from making more game-changing substitutions because he had to use one in the first half. So I, I, I wonder if that affected his thinking with the, with the Mighton substitution and whether he felt a bit limited in, in his options. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say Mighton was, was the real big threat and Zinkenagel as well. He was trying to link up with players and it almost felt like he was on a different wavelength to the rest of the Forest team at times. Um, with that, that Blackburn performance. Do you think that was just a Mowbray had identified that Forrest almost bit a bit toothless in attack and provided you keep it tight and you take your chances, you've got every chance of winning the game. Absolutely that. And Mowbray said in his pre-match um, press conference and, and actually when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, actually that's true. He said that invariably we do perform well at the city ground um, just because I think it's, you know, the way that you play at the city ground, maybe it just suits how Blackburn roll up there. So I think absolutely Mowbray spotted an opportunity tonight where he said, look, if we keep it tight at the back, if we're determined, if we're dogged, if we press, chances will come and we can you know, kick a team whilst they're down in that sense. And I think that's how it turned out. You know, as I said earlier, it wasn't a game where we've peppered you with loads of chances. Samba's only made one save, ironically. You know, that one from Buckley in the first half. Not really had many other chances. And I think absolutely that would have been the team talk from Mowbray. Just hang in the game, do the basics right, stay tight, uh, let them have the ball. You know, simple team talk in that sense. And that's just classic football, isn't it? You know, and, and Rovers have been on the receiving end of it of us, ourselves. You know, last season when we were on a 11, 12 game, you know, non-winning run, it would have been the same team talk for teams coming to Ewood Park or where we, when we're playing them. It's, you know, this Rovers side are underconfident. It's, it's a similar team talk in that sense. Just let the, let the opposition beat themselves, if that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I think that's a good way of putting it. We've, Forrest have just found a way of beating themselves out of games. Yeah. Um, it's a trait that was happening a little bit last season as well. And it's, you could argue every game this season, there's been those moments where they've had an opportunity to potentially go on and take all three points, but certainly take something from the game. And they just shoot themselves in the foot and, and, and end up losing. It's, yeah, a, fr- a frustrating start to the season for us. Daniel Ayala is a player who had a spell at Forest earlier in his career somebody that uh, we are familiar with at the city ground. So too was the lad up front. He left us <laughs> simply as Ben Brereton. He's now returned as Ben Brereton Diaz, the new Chilean hero. What did you make of his performance? 
Uh, I mean, he was pretty quiet tonight. I think he did the kind of ugly stuff as a striker well. You know, he was getting stuck in. He was trying to hold the ball. He had a couple of little runs at you. But I think, actually, it was probably his quietest game of the season and his quietest game of the last few months, if you bring in the Copper America as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a game where Gallagher as well, actually, on the other side, and even Tyree Stolen, I don't think they had too many passages of play where they're driving at you, where they're making things happen. It's the other side of the game that they've done really well tonight. They've worked hard. They've pressed you. Gallagher, as I say, aerially did really well. So I think, you know, Diaz coming back, as we'll call him, he probably <laughs> enjoyed the experience. He was probably dreaming of getting the winner. I predicted him to get the winner. I went large, and I think he can be happy with his night's work in terms of leading the line. But yeah, as I say, a quiet game for him, I think. Yeah. Are you expecting him to step up now that Adam Armstrong's moved on to Southampton? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, we certainly need to share the goals around. Um, and I don't think it's just Brereton. Gallagher's obviously got to get a few more. And I do think we need more goals from midfield as well. The likes of Joe Rothwell, who at times, you know, we've seen what he's all about tonight with some of the weaving runs and stuff. So I don't think it's all on Brereton. Uh, although I've got to say his confidence is absolutely sky high at the moment. And I think the thing that he's got with him at the moment are the fans. You know, probably like Forest fans did, you know, Forest fans have probably happily laughed at Brereton's plight whilst he's been at Rovers. Rovers fans at times have also got on his back, particularly before the pandemic football. Uh, since he's had all this with Chile, you know, all the fans are chanting Diaz, Diaz, Diaz now, even when he's not hit the target or anything. And it's just okay. a complete turnaround in that sense. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, I think we'll all be watching his progress now with interest. After, after what happened to Copy, Copper America, it's going to be, yeah, going to be interesting to see now how he develops. And now that the main mm. striking uh, position is going to be more on his shoulders. So, yeah, interesting to see how Diaz uh, gets on with that. Um, just finally, Ryan, what do you think about both teams now going forward after what you've seen tonight? First of all, how do you think Rovers will get on? Uh, after this result, your second win of the season from from three games, and finally as well, how do you think Forest will will fare after this, and where they where do they go next? Yeah, in terms of Rovers, um, they're doing a good job of proving me wrong at the moment with my 18th uh, prediction that I had for us. Um, we're still going to be nowhere near the playoffs. You know, the squad is too thin, and and we're in transition. And once you're doing these Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday games regularly, once the injuries and suspensions take hold. When you are relying on young lads like Hayden Carter at right back, these things will catch up with you. So I'll enjoy it for what it is at the moment. Obviously, two wins and a draw and a good start to the season. First win on the opening day since 2010. You know, it'd be nice if we could get to the international break unbeaten or with a good points haul and then see where we are there. I'm still thinking we're going to be lower bottom half. I think these things will shake out eventually. Whether it's as low as 18th with how we're playing at the moment and with the determination, I'll happily have that rammed down my throat and, and be proved wrong in that sense. So still bottom half, I think, for Rovers. I, I don't think we'll be anywhere near the playoff contention because of that squad depth. In terms of Forrest, um, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall for Hewton now. I think it's quite clear that he's lost the fan base. Um, you know, this is a fan base where it's only the second home game, I believe, since the pandemic. And that's how they're reacting. So that says everything you need to know. So... If, you know, the hierarchy make that change, A, I'll be interested to see who it is. B, 
I'd expect a new manager to get a lot out of this side. You've still got some great players at this level. You know, Bryce Samba, Lewis Graben, Mighton and Zinkenagel, who we've spoken about, Carvalho, Colback. You know, these are all good championship level players. So I'd expect Forrest to rise the table with a change in manager, definitely, because I do think it's quite an even division this season, actually, particularly outside of that top six. You know, outside of that four who everyone's predicting to be in there, Bournemouth, Fulham, Sheffield United and West Brom, actually think it's pretty even after that. So no reason why Forrest can't rise the table if they just get an injection of something, you know, that probably isn't Hewton. Yeah, and with um, with the transfer window still open for a couple more weeks, yeah, I think I'll be very surprised if we don't bring in some new faces and at least try yeah. and, and make some changes that way to begin with. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see on that. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great talking to you. And uh, you can catch Ryan on the Rovers Chat YouTube channel and website. Thanks again, Ryan. No worries. Thank you for having me on. Now, I'm not one for knee-jerk reactions and I'm not really one for sacking the manager. Um, but like leaving the ground last night um there was eavesdropping in on other people's conversations there was there's like an acceptance that our squad is completely threadbare and we're down to the bare bones and we all accept that and we can see that but there was also a overwhelming sense that i think chris hewton has lost the fans and he's going to have to do a lot to get us back on side now i don't normally listen to fans on twitter because they always spout off about how they've been a fan for 75 years and and love the club through and through but you never know and you can't really get a sense for what's actually going on until you're at the ground we with this something we've learned over the last 18 months there's two observations i'd like to make about yesterday First of all, and I noticed this right in the start of the first half, um, we don't press. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious, but we do not press. We let them have the ball in their own half and we stand off them. And then we let them build momentum. So when they're coming into our half, they have the momentum. And you can see that all the time in, in just in our possession stats. We, we always have very low possession stats and we do not press the ball. Now, I love Jose Mourinho. I think he was a breath of fresh air and I absolutely loved everything about him, including the way he used to just park the bus and, and, and get his teams to, to defend, uh, sit back, let people come at them and then wait for them to make a mistake. But even I, as a Mourinho lover, would say that he's out of time. He's, his, his tactics, his systems are a thing from 15, 20 years ago. And they do not work now. And you look at you look at the, at the European Championships, right? You got teams like Spain. What do they do? They they talked about more verticality. They talked about playing the ball higher up the pitch. They basically pressed. You look at Italy, the the masters of sitting back and letting other people come onto them. And what did they do? They played the ball high up the pitch. They pressed really high. They defended on the the opposition eighteen yard line. Pressing is now an essential part of football, and we do not do it. And I mean that doesn't mean I like it. I, I, I don't like the, the the style of pressing, and it leaves you open to counterattacks sometimes. But the, the the letting letting people build up their momentum and then come at you through their half doesn't seem to work at the moment. The other thing to note is there was a turning point in this game, and I've not really seen anyone else talking about it. The turning point came probably about 
25 minutes in and what happened was Blackburn changed their formation. They went to a 4-1-4-1. So they had this holding midfielder sat in front of the back four and his job was just to mark Brennan Johnson. And then they had two central midfielders in front of that holding midfielder and their jobs were just to put pressure, that's a high press, put pressure onto Yates and Colback. And as soon as they did that, suddenly we completely lost control of the game. And that became apparent in the fans. The fans could see that Colback and Yates couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't do anything with the ball. And that's because one, they were being pressed very high up the pitch. And two, that their, their main outlet, which was Johnson, was being marked out of the game. And so that is why we lost control of the game. And that happened, as I say, about 25 minutes in. And we didn't do anything to try and change that until maybe 20 20 minutes into the second half. So basically we gave them a whole 45 minutes of game time where they controlled the midfield totally and we did nothing about that. Now that, you could argue all you want about how, and I, I do think like someone like Garner is essential for us. Yates and Colback, they can't play this way. We can't hold the ball enough. But the fact that we didn't do, I mean, my suggestion was that we move Zinkenagel into the middle and swap, swap him with, with Johnson just to give that, that man marker something different to think about and try and release Johnson a little bit more. But we didn't do anything. We just let them control the game for 45 minutes. And that is what worries me. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.